Good morning, everybody. Great. As um, Clive and Kaz have said, my name is Nick. I'm one of the elders at Gateway. Let me move this out of my way, because I'm very likely to clatter into it, you see. Let's put this here. Great. So as Clive has said, I'm one of the elders in Gateway, and it's my pleasure and my privilege to be speaking with you this morning. Um, I'm continuing the series that we've been covering for a few weeks now, and that will go on till February. It's the series uh, based on the Sermon on the Mount, going through from Matthew chapter 5 all the way through to Matthew chapter 7. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm doing today. It's uh, titled, As It Is in Heaven. And if you look at the picture, it sort of describes an upside-down world, a world and an upside-down world. And we started really by describing that actually the kingdom of God is very different from the kingdom of man. Things are almost upside-down, looked at the other way. So we started with the Beatitudes, and then we looked at where you know, Jesus said that we are salt and we are light, and then to be salt and be light, and what happens when salt loses its saltiness and... Um, you don't hide your light, etc. Um, and then uh, last week, Al came and talked about love. So we've been walking through. And today I'm going to be covering Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 to 6. Which, I'll just say, this is a very simple piece of scripture. It's, this is a very simple sermon. Um, in fact, I'll just say to somebody that the only thing I can do with this is actually make it more complicated so let's take something that's really simple and somehow let's make it complex and difficult. Um, but I, I'll avoid doing that. I, my, my plan, and by God's grace, is to make this really simple. Um, my plan is to walk through exactly what Jesus said. This is why I love the Sermon on the Mount, because Jesus said this. It's not, you know, Nick or one of the elders or anyone. This is what he said. And so let's hear what he said and let's respond to what he said. And so it's really simple. We'll just walk through today what Jesus said. And actually, what does that really mean for us? Amen? Amen. Sounds easy, right? And there's actually an application on this in terms of me preaching, but I'll come on to that later. Because um, I'm standing here in front of you, and I'm preaching the word. There's also an application for me, which I'll share with you. Before I do that, I'd just love to pray if that's okay. Yeah? So, Father, Lord, we just thank you for this time together. Thank you for your people. These are your people. Thank you, Lord, that your spirit is in this place. Thank you, Lord, that your anointing is upon me to share this word. Father, I pray let your people hear your word, O God. I pray, Lord, I, I decrease that you may increase, O God. Father, let all glory be given to you. Let all honor, adoration, all power, all praise be unto you, O God. Father, use me as a vessel to speak truth and life. And let your people hear your word. Father, anoint these words. Anoint the ears of those who are listening, Father. And bless your people through the preaching of the word, regardless of myself, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's, let's, let's get straight on into it. Let's put the, what's the word? The metals, the pedal to the metal, whatever that thing is. Yeah, let's just gas on and move on, okay? So Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 to 6. It's going to be on the screen, so please do read it along. Uh, you should have your Bible. I think Muti once uh, admonished us to bring our Bibles to church, right? Um, so if you don't have your Bible, it's on the screen. 
Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Now, preaching is a righteous act, right? And so I'm thinking, hmm, I am not supposed to preach in front of people. If not, I, will have any, I won't have any reward from my Father in heaven. First dilemma, right? So I'm thinking, okay, well, I shouldn't be really preaching in front of you, should I? Unless I'm doing something unrighteous. Interesting, a bit of humor. Anyway, so this is an example. When you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And some versions actually say will reward you in the open. Uh, Verse 5 and 6. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And once again, some translations say will reward you in the open. So very simple, right? Some do's and don'ts, right? Um, If we've been following this series, we'll realize that actually this is not um, a a series or, you know, Jesus is not really talking here about do's and don'ts as such. There are behaviors that Jesus has been describing thus far and continues to describe through the Sermon on the Mount. But those are behaviors that are expected of the kingdom of God. Those are the the behaviors that you, you expect to see in the kingdom of God. But they're not behaviors that are, if you like... Um, they're not do attitudes, they're be attitudes. These are behaviors that are expected based on a change of who we are on the inside, based on a change of identity. So Jesus talks about you are salt and you are light as part of this. And that is really all about identity. Jesus first tells us who we are. In him, And then says, well, what does that look like in terms of how we act towards others and how we behave with people? See, identity is something that is firmly rooted within us, isn't it? Identity is deep within us, deep within our hearts. It, it's who we, how we see ourselves, it's who we think we are, and how we see ourselves in relation to others. How we think other people see us. How we believe God looks at us. And how we look at God and us in relation to him. That's all about identity. And so Jesus starts to focus through the Sermon on the Mount on, the, on our identity, on what's in our hearts, on the inside of us. Yes, he talks about the behaviors But it very much talks about, actually, beyond the religious acts and the behaviors, it talks about what's in the heart. So, for example, we heard when he said, you know, do not, you've been 
told, do not commit, or you've, you've heard the Lord, that do not commit adultery. But I say, if you look at a person lustfully, you've already committed adultery in your heart. So there is an outward religious behavior that obviously is seen. But there is an inward reflection that is unseen. And Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount really starts to talk to what is not seen. Because it's much easier to moderate religious behavior than it is to actually deal with issues of the heart. Um, so this is why this series, um, one of the, the sermons, uh, I think it was our got Debs Donahoe to come and share a prophetic word she had, which was about God is doing heart surgery. Is taking old hearts and putting in new hearts. It's changing our hearts. And this is what this series is all about. And this is what I'm talking about today as well. That is still all about our hearts. It's still all about our identity. It hasn't changed. The thread remains. It's very, very interesting. You know, when you start to talk about issues of the heart, you know, uh, someone once said that everybody wants other people to judge them by what's in their heart or what they meant or their motives. But they judge other people by what they see and what they do. Right? I'm guilty of that sometimes. You, if only you knew, what, you, you knew why I said that. You know, I said to my wife, do you know what's in my heart? <laughs> no, but I see what you do. Anyway, so let's read this scripture. Like I said, I'm going to try and keep this simple. Um, let's read the scripture together again. And we're just going to walk through the scripture quite slowly. And I'm not planning for this to be a really long sermon. Who knows? Anyway. So, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. What's the first word, actually? The first two words. Be careful. So that just jumped out at me. I thought, well, actually, I have a role and a responsibility here. Yeah? I, I need to exercise care. The implication actually is if I'm not careful for that, I'm, I'm, I'm likely, because it's very, very subtle. So when Jesus says, be careful, I, I try to look for various interpretations. I, I said, okay, let's look in the Greek, in, in the Hebrew, you know, let's convert it into Yoruba, which is a, a Nigerian language. Let's try and look at it in Igbo or Dutch. Actually, the word says, be careful. So what did Jesus mean? Be careful. So this says, so far from the notion that you become a Christian, you, you mustn't hear words that say actually you have a role and a responsibility. So I'm not, do you, do you hear what I'm saying? And please hear what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. Yeah, this is, you see, Jesus said, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. At the end of that statement, it says, actually, we have a Father in heaven. This doesn't affect the fact that He's our Father in heaven. This is not about 
your righteousness or your salvation. This does not change the fact that God is your father and you are saved. Yeah? So this is not about actually you work. I'm not preaching you have to work here to get saved. But actually there is a need to be careful in these things. Because they are very, very subtle. And the key thing here is to be seen in front of others. So it is about the motive. It's not the act itself. And actually, this scripture follows the previous scripture where Jesus said, let your light so shine that men may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So I I had a bit of a thinking here that actually, are we supposed to let our light shine? Or actually hide good deeds. Does the Bible contradict itself? It is about the motive. So what we've just done this morning was actually a superb illustration. Where there is a tree with tags and we all come out and pick a tree, a tag, not the old tree. Someone can have the old tree. But pick a tag to buy a gift. But if anybody thought, actually, everybody is going up, I have to go up and pick this tag because other people are. And I don't want to be seen to be the one that doesn't go out. Or I don't want to be left out. I don't want people to judge me and think I'm not as giving or as generous or as holy or spiritual or as righteous as others. I must go up and pick a tag. That's the problem. That's the issue, right? In fact, it was very interesting. My son came up and picked up a tag. And I thought, I bet his mom has said to him, you go get a tag. <laughs> because Muti can. And sometimes Muti does. <laughs> but it's good. The Bible says, bring your children up in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it, right? So instruction, guidance, discipline. So giving is important. Generosity is a characteristic of the kingdom. So I went to Muti, and I said, and he's not here. I've made sure he's not here, so he's, he's, we're cool. So I went to Muti, and I said, did you ask Jesse to go and pick up a tag? And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. He just came to me and said, I want to go and get a tag. And he did. And I said, praise the Lord. (laughs) Amen? The next bit, I'm still on this. I said it's rather slow, so please keep, keep, keep with me. It says, if you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, sorry, there's, there's a reward. We, we, there's reward. There are rewards here. So the implication is actually, you know, if you are careful to do what Jesus is saying, actually there is a reward. And so we don't talk about actually motives, you know. Don't do things because of reward, but... Jesus is actually saying there's a consequence of not having a reward. Now, the reward is, you could say the reward is in heaven waiting for you. Or the reward is on earth with salvation and all of those things that are, that, you know, generosity, acts of generosity in the kingdom produce, that sort of fruit. We could say reward as anything, but the fact actually is that Jesus is saying that there is a reward for the good that we do. And 
we should look to God for our reward. And that's the point there. That we look to God for affirmation and for reward. The Bible says that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. So there was something, right? Paul said, run the race like they that want to grab the prize, win the prize. So I don't think the issue is that we should not let people know of our giving. I think sharing and giving openly is great because it encourages others and it shows the generosity which is a a hallmark of the kingdom. But I think it's about the good deeds that people see us do should glorify our Father. And that we seek to do these things not to glorify ourselves but to glorify God. So it's important that we do the right things Not just do the right things, but we do the right things for the right reasons. And that's where Jesus is going to here. I mean, yesterday, I don't know if, uh, was it Friday? It was on Friday, the Children in Need appeal. Yeah? Um, Apparently, it was the biggest, most successful event of, of the night. In that 50 million pounds was generated in one night. What generosity, what push, what move, yeah, to get people to give. Even when, you know, it is said that things are tough out there, financially, etc. 50 million pounds. A lot of people on Friday night did a good thing, right? Gave for the right reason. The reality, actually, doing good doesn't make them righteous. And not doing good, as in not giving, so if someone didn't come and pick up a tag, for example, it doesn't make us unrighteous. Make sense? So we're not unrighteous because we're not giving, or we didn't pick this up. Our righteousness is not dependent on that. But there is a call here. It's sort of an assumption that we will practice our righteousness. Isn't there? It's not saying, you know, don't practice righteousness, or if you practice righteousness, it's saying be careful not to practice your righteousness to be seen by others. I don't know. Okay, let me me talk about my preach. So, I'm coming out to preach this morning, and I'm thinking, right. Oh, is it that bad? Um, I thought I was preaching better than that, sorry. (laughs) Bless her. Um, So, a bit of disclosure here. So, I'm thinking, you know, what are people going to see? What am I going to say? What are people going to think? 
what do I want to leave? What message do I want to leave people with? What do I want them to hear? And what do I believe God is saying? And a lot of that, because you stand up here and you think, what are people looking at? And then God said to me, actually, Nick, it's not about you. It doesn't, it's, it's not about your, what people think of you, how well they thought you preached or not, whether people are going to go onto Facebook and say, wow, what a message. My life, my life is radically transformed. Or wasn't that just a waste of time this morning? Wasn't that just a waste of time? Well, I mean, why, why did you even bother with a sermon this morning? And God said, no, actually, Nick, it's not about that. It doesn't matter what people think. Go and say what I told you to say and do what I told you to do, and I will stand in heaven and applaud you because you have done what I've asked you to do, and you've done it to the audience of one. And I, it's my responsibility to use your words and what's happening in the hearts of my people to minister to them by my spirit and take those words and make them alive in them. And I will be glorified. And so I just said, I'm relaxed. And in this morning in the prayer meeting, someone gave me a prophetic word and said, Nick, I believe God is saying it's not about your, your weaknesses, and your, you know, your feebleness, just be yourself. You just, you know. I said, yeah, I hear that. So where, I don't know about, I'm preaching to myself, folks. Yeah, because I, I'm conscious of actually what do people think about me. And that is one of the challenges here. What, why do people practice acts of righteousness to be seen by others? Well, actually, because what people think of them and how people see them and, you know, what people's views are of them is very important to them. And they get their identity and their affirmation and their strength and their self-worth from what other people think of them. And this is what Jesus is tackling, that actually don't... Your identity, that's not your identity... Our applause should come from God. Our affirmation should come from God. So if we look at the next one, even in prayer. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. What is this reward in full? The reward in full is people saying, wow, what a prayer warrior. He must be part of the prayer ministry. Or, boy, did you hear that prayer? What an anointed prayer. What an anointed man of God. Or what an anointed person. That's reward, right? So you feel, we feel good. It was interesting because we, um, we had a leadership group meeting on Tuesday. And um, the topic we covered on Tuesday was prayer. And then the last question, we went through a number of questions. Why should we pray? Yeah, um, how does God, how do we know it's God speaking to us? How should, uh, why do we pray? Um, what do we expect when we pray? So a number of questions. The last question was what stops us from praying? What gets in the way of prayer? And one group looked at that and almost every answer they came back with actually talks about self. Focus on self. 
What will people think? What if it doesn't work? And so, that expectation of others and the leaning onto others and doing things for the approval of others binds us up. And I, I have seen in Christian Dom, God help us, where someone has seen a man of God pray in a certain way. Benny Hinn prayed, you know, miracle ministry and all that stuff. And some and this guy says, Well, if I can just position myself in that way and stand in that way and raise man in that way in that way then the power will flow and the people will have faith and the people will see me and receive it and it will do things in their lives wrong way around yeah it then became about actually what image am I projecting so it is a very very simple scripture I'll go back to where I started from. That for me, this scripture speaks about motives and identity. And I can stand here and look out at all you wonderful people with you know, wonderful faces, beautiful, really beautiful people, really beautiful church. And I stand here myself. But the truth is, the reality is, you don't know what's in my heart. Neither do I know what's in yours. And what's your motivation? And why do you do what you do? Why are you here today? Why did you come and take a tag? Why do you give? Why do you pray? Why do you do acts of righteousness? Why do you do what you do? I believe that a lot of what we do is driven by our love for Jesus. Thank you. Unless it's not true. <laughs> I would want to believe that, I'm going to stand here, it's easier. I would want to believe that a lot of what we do is out of love for Jesus. And love for our Christian brothers and sisters. Love for one another love for Jesus, love for God. That the motivation, and, and also a lot of what we do is to bring glory to him. I would want to believe that, right? The truth is, only you know. That's what God said to me. You know, it's... Sorry, Moti, did you say something? And God. God, yes. Yeah, you and God. Via the Holy Spirit. <laughs> no, God himself. I got you, no. <laughs> Like I said, I'm not going to make it complicated or complex or theological or get into all sorts of stuff. It's very simple. And so this message really is about our motives. What Jesus says is that you are salt. What Jesus says is that you are light. What Jesus says is that you are accepted in the beloved. What Jesus said is that he loves you eternally, from eternity to eternity. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. What Jesus says is it is not by works that you are saved and his blessing is upon you and his favor is upon you 
and you are accepted, beloved, you are accepted in the beloved. You are a child of God. If you are in this place and you're a Christian, you've accepted the Lord as your Lord and your Savior, it does not matter what men think about you, what others think about you. It doesn't even matter really some extent how you see yourself because how you see yourself really doesn't change who you really are truly it just makes life really difficult and stressful so let's the call here is to actually recognize that our identity is in Christ, that our peace is in Him, that our prosperity is in Him, that our future is assured in Him. And then out of that, let us do good. Let us be careful that we're doing things for the right reasons and the right motives. So I don't really have anything more to add other than actually, from, I, I believe, for me, the response is actually asking, examining your heart, examining yourself. And just, what motivates, what, you know, motivates us to do, or me? What motiv motivates me to do what I do? Is it because of how I look or how I'm seen or what I want from others, be that affirmation, be that adulation, applause? And then ask God to help us because it is God who changes our hearts. It's Jesus who changes our hearts. It's the Holy Spirit that comes in and does a work in our hearts as we allow him, as we be careful in those things, as we apply care. Very quiet. And uh, by the way, God also said just now that actually um, this is a very positive, encouraging message. Do you agree? Do you know why? I just someone just said it takes the pressure off of you. Mm. It releases you. It should release you from obligations, indebtedness to other. But actually, it requires us. Yeah. 
to focus more on God. Yeah. The Bible says labor to enter into his rest. And so when he said Jesus says be careful, there is a sense that actually we take care. And the Holy Spirit will help us. Can we can I invite the band back? And let's just spend some time. Let's just worship, recognizing that our God is good and our God is for us and our God is with us. And so we're free. Celebrate our freedom from performance. Our freedom from having to be accepted by people. Amen.